I normally do introductions for everyone, but because there's a bit of a, a crowd of you, I, 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 uh, I might not. I might just let you do it yourself if that's okay. I'll hand over to you. I think, I think that's just that's just lazy. You need to do it yourself. Well, you know, certain, at certain stages, you feel like you've hit the big time. You can kick back and relax a little bit and uh, let the guests do the work. No, no, right? You're not there yet. You're not there yet, mate. <laughs> Maybe episode fifty. <laughs> Go on then, Dave. You introduce yourself. Yeah, let's do that now. I think we should introduce, we should introduce each other, shouldn't we? No, no, that, yeah. that's just no, it's just we we haven't prepared for that. <laughs> okay, I am, obviously I'm Dave. I'm a, a private practitioner in Kidderminster in Worcestershire, um, and that's about it, really. I oh, did. I, when did I get involved with Forgotten Feet? Debbie, was it 2015? I got involved with Forgotten Feet. It could have been, yes, yeah. I think it was. It was about then, wasn't it? Yeah. So I've been involved since then. So that, that's me. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, Debbie, you go next. Go next. Oh, is there, is there an order here? You, you, you guys. I think, I, think, yeah, I, think, I think the person who does it should name the next person. So I think Belinda should go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. You, you're very welcome. <laughs> okay. So I'm Belinda. Um, I'm, well, I don't know what I am, actually. I was a private practitioner, but I sold my clinic. Um, with the idea of continuing some research in um, dermatology, podiatry, but I've got more involved with Forgotten Feet as well as doing the, the research. So at the moment, I'm basically doing both. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, Lydia should go next. Should I, but I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Cheers, that's right, but go and do it anyway. We've just had a message from Rob Isaac saying, in the north, they're so poor, they've only got one laptop between three. <laughs> Midland. <laughs> Midland. Hey, you're north to us. Everyone's north to us, right? Uh, yeah, so cat, cat, you know, who goes? Uh, I'm Lydia. I've been involved with Forgotten Feet since 2015. Yeah, 2015. And that's about it. You're a student. I am a student. And evidently very nervous about being on Pod Live. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia, Lydia, you were you were just on, on Twitter recently, weren't you? Didn't didn't you have a little piece which was shared on Twitter? Is that gone on live? Is that gone on Twitter? Yeah, I, I, it was it was shared by one of the tutors from, from Matthew Bolton. Ooh, that's not embarrassing at all. <laughs> okay, so that's a cue for me now, isn't yeah, it, really? The it Bolton oh, look at that. That was, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> <Very serious. laughs> okay, so I'm Sarah Dainter. I'm one of the um, quite new lecturers at Matthew Bolton. Um, I teach Lydia. Um, I met Debbie a couple of years ago through um, needing some equipment, and I've got some spare for Forgotten Feet, and um, I've fallen into doing some clinics with her. And um, I'm trying to encourage the students to get involved and share some awareness of the project. That's me. And I guess, I guess, right. last but not not least, is, is Deb, Debbie, isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, this is your. Uh, am I right in saying, from what I've read and heard, this is your forgotten feet is your baby, so to speak, your brainchild? Is that a fair comment? Yes. So yeah. Talk us through not just who you are, but how this started and you know where, where it all came from. Okay so I'm, I'm Debbie Monk, private practitioner and 
it, it all started really, um, I used to drive past one of the, the local centres um, in Worcester. And I just thought, to begin with, I thought, wow, that, that looks, you know, quite an intriguing place. And then I just thought, what do people do? You know, pe- people with wet shoes drive past in the winter in the snow. Um, and people are hobbling around, and I just thought there's no no need this day and age for people to actually be suffering. So I thought the very least um, we can do is, is alleviate pain in this community. So I just put myself forward, and it, it started from there in Worcester. Um, and to begin with, it was very slow. It, we had very few takers, but as the, um, the works have gathered a bit more credence, more people put themselves forward. And now we, we have waiting lists when we get in and, um, to, to the point where they've actually asked me to put on extra sessions. So, And it's it spread from there. Then I took it to Stratford. Um, and then where did it go from Stratford? Redditch. Yeah, it, 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 sort of, it just started springing up. And last year, it rapidly um, just exploded. Um beyond my wildest dreams and initially I did think you know I had this this vision of wouldn't it be great if everywhere in the UK homeless people could access some sort of foot health and um, get footwear or trainers that actually fitted and didn't have to walk around with holes in their shoes um, and so yeah yeah it's, it's just got it's got really big quite suddenly and lots and lots of people are involved lots of people want to be involved um, and I'm, you know, just extremely grateful to everybody that is. And Forgotten Feet, Forgotten Feet is the volunteers. We are Forgotten Feet. It's everybody that takes part. Yeah, it's awesome. So it started from you just volunteering in in Worcester, in a place in a homeless place in Worcester, and now I believe. There's over 50 locations. How many locations are there now? 50, 52? I think we've got about 54 on our list at the moment. So So 54 locations across the UK where there, and obviously you're not doing all of them, but where there are versions of you who are giving their time for free to make sure that there's healthcare accessible to to, to all. And what what period of time did that happen over from Worcester to 54? How how long has this been going? started in 2013 um so really it's taken five years to really get off the ground um and it's you know we've, we've got sort of clinics that are coming up in northern ireland um there's a couple coming up in glasgow and uh yeah wales so it, it literally is across the uk um, it is everywhere and you know every day we get messages and more and more people want to uh, set up a clinic or uh, lots of people are doing raffles and fundraising events, which is absolutely brilliant. We've had loads of donations of um, sort of equipment and um, useful stuff, really. So my my horse trailer is full of donated equipment. <laughs> so we're, we're, looking, we're looking to buy a shed is what we need to do so that we can uh, store it all safely. A waterproof shed. A waterproof shed. <laughs> I do, I do. <clears throat> And, and you guys that we've got on, the uh, the, the five of you, are, uh, I don't know what the correct term for you is, you're the board, the committee. Uh, trustees. Uh, trustees, okay. Yeah. So what's, what sort of roles um, do each one of you play and, and are we missing anyone? Are we, have we got everyone here? Is there anyone we, we, we need to mention? We, yeah, we're, we're now down to five, okay, so there's five of us. Um, 
So Jonathan uh, was our treasurer, but Lydia is taken over as treasurer. Dave is our secretary, um, obviously on chair founder, and then um, Belle and um, Sarah are trustees. And together we just do a bit of everything. All of us do everything. So and, and completely voluntary. Totally. Completely voluntary. Yep. Really Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So you guys have now. I think I saw a video of yours from one of the conferences you're at and you sort of you attained charity you hit a certain benchmark and you attained charity status just tell tell, tell me someone tell i don't mind who dave you look a lonely but you can talk about this one because i think it was your i think it was your video that that uh, that i was watching um one of the many of your videos I, I, and uh, I, 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 never, I never do videos like you, you must have got me confused with someone hates else. a video um, he, hate, he hates a video what, what, what does that mean what does charity status mean for not just now but for, for the future Charity status really gives us a better platform to push Forgotten Feet even further. We, we needed a certain amount of capital in the bank in order to do that. And part of the process of having a board and having trustees and having a, a set structure meant that we could work towards charity commission status. And the, the, the £5,000 mark was that, that point we had to get to in order to put the application in. We got that while we were at Kettering. And actually, we were, this is, this is going to sound wrong, but we were in a hotel room and we were going through copious amounts of stock which had yes. been donated to us. And it was, it was, it was actually Adam Cuddle. Give a shout out to Adam Cuddle. I know he's probably watching this tonight. Adam, then Adam. Bought, bought, smashing yeah, guy, Adam. Yeah. This is, this, is, this is Adam's fan club. Um, yeah. But Adam, Adam actually bought a book to take the total from something like 4995 4, to over the £5,000 mark at that point just so we could get charity status so it's it's a really really big thing and it just means we've got a better platform uh, a more kind of formal process a more formal base to push this even further absolutely once we get that charitable status it's going to open more more doors for um more uh, more funding so and we we did attain over a thousand pound at Kettering. So a lot of the conferences have really been um, key in helping us to raise awareness of what we do as Forgotten Feet. And um, we've had volunteers coming forward at the conferences, which is also obviously what, what it's all about to um, increase the amount of clinics we have around. The uh, I, I know I saw you guys. Um... I saw you guys, I think it was in Ireland, at the Irish All-Ireland Conference, and I know that I saw the video of you at Kettering, I think you've been at one more since. Is that going to be a, a feature from this point forward? Could we hope to see you, could, could all of our profession hope to see you guys have a presence at every every conference? Is that one of the plans uh, for the you know the future? Yeah, definitely, yeah. It is the plan. Yeah. Yeah. The conferences are the conferences are welcoming and, and on board with this. They're supporting. Yeah, well, apparently, the plan, it's the plan now. It would seem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we found out. I mean, it, makes, it, it makes sense, really. You know, the, the, the feedback, the support we've had from you know the whole foot health community has been absolutely amazing, and it's it's really nice to have that visibility at those places. It's also, it's also a point of for people to come along and, and drop stuff off for us to collect. So. And all of the conference organisers have been amazingly generous yeah. with with their space and their time, allowing us to to be there. So yeah, it's it's, some, it's something which we we will continue to do as long as long as as volunteers we can manage to get. To. Yeah. Big shout out to all the tradespeople as well. Um, yeah. They're very supportive and donate stuff for our raffles and CPD places. So the whole industry is 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 really 
um, helping to raise awareness for forgotten feet. It's it's great. We're pulling together. Actually, Ian, quick question for you: Are you going to set up your own forgotten feet down at Canary Wharf? Um, <laughs> because I, it's been a while since I've seen you with a scalpel and some nippers. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you'd be a brave person that let me anywhere near their feet with a scalpel. And nippers. My 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 children don't eat. They they beg their mum to do it over me. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not sure how many homeless people we have in Canary Wharf. Well, actually, I have the zero Thank homeless people in Canary Wharf, but 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 um, that's not true of London, of course. So there is yeah. there are there are places in London, aren't there? There is uh, forgotten feet in London. I think I saw on the map. Who is that right? Uh, is it? Yeah, there, there isn't anywhere up and running at the moment, but we're planning to go down um, on the 10th of August. Uh, Lydia and myself, and we're going to do a couple of the more desperate homeless centres. Um, because we, we just haven't been able to get volunteers, so we're going to go down and mm. do it. Um, yes. Yeah. Hopefully, generate some interest and maybe somebody will see what we're doing and come forward. Yeah. But we've, we've got some potential volunteers that yeah. might, um, come along, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And, and there's the lots of organisations which do things at Christmas anyway, so there's the crisis at Christmas team, uh, yeah. there's the stuff yeah, in yeah. Birmingham as well. But I think it's nice to have something which runs all year round. And, and those, and those, you know, the stuff those guys do is absolutely amazing. To be able to tap into that and support that as well would be would be brilliant too. Yeah, some, something all year round. Yeah. And the plan here is is well, there, what what is the plan? Is it is it, like you said at the start? It's it's access for for care for everyone all year round when they need it. I mean, is there a is there a ceiling? Is there a number you're looking for of, of centres? What what is the longer term goal now that you've got charity status? This is where we all look at Debbie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be really great if we could have a forgotten feet clinic in every town across the UK so that there is something for everybody. We, we not only treat homeless but socially isolated and uh, sort of marginalised, vulnerable people. Um, so, and, and when you say homeless, you know, you get um, rough sleepers, you get sofa surfers, you get people that have just gone into accommodation. They're all kind of in the same boat and homeless people might be homeless for just a short period of time or they might be entrenched homeless and so they're on the streets indefinitely. But there's, you know, there's all sorts of homelessness um, and all sorts of reasons why they're there. But if we if we can expand um, and, and try and build something really big for everybody that's, a, you know, well established and we've got support and we've got funding. Um, that that's the thing we'd, we'd also really really like to get a really smart mobile van so that we can go around to the, the smaller charities and the smaller centres that don't have the cover um, we, we can hopefully do that as well you know you have a, a week on the road and, and cover certain areas at certain times so awesome. yeah. let's, let's talk about um sorry Val, go on go on I was going to say, I think we also need to raise awareness of um, homelessness in general as um, health professionals. It was raised at the recent primary care conference where um, Jenny Drive was talking about the health needs of street life people and how the um, life expectancy of, of males is 48 and for females is, is 43. And a lot of this is preventable at when they come into contact with a health professional, either in the NHS or private practice. So we need to be looking at the red flags and pointing them to mental health departments. So I think we, we, we need to draw on some evidence there as well 
um, just to show how we can highlight the need there. Awesome. That's unlike you to be evidence-based, but I've never, never nope. heard before. Um, well, let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's talk a bit about how there may be people listening who, who want to help, but they mm-hmm. don't, know, don't know how they can or they don't know what it entails. Maybe they're nervous about putting their hand up until they know what it means. So uh, let's talk about the ways people can help. They can, we talked about they can donate stuff. Let's talk about that first. What, what stuff do you want? How can be, what can people give to you, and how can they get it to you? And, and is there anything you don't want? Um, <laughs> anything consumable. Anything. The, one of the biggest things that we're actually looking for at the moment is possibly footstools. Um, when we're treating quite a lot of the time we've got feet on our lap and some of us have issues with our backs but we might do with what we can but anybody with any unwanted footstools that'd be really beneficial for us yep any consumables um and particularly socks and supportive shoes trainers in particular all of our clinics are are always asking for that aren't they Yeah. yeah Yeah. I think, I think the stuff which we use as a you know from a, a podiatry and foot care basis is all good, but actually the the homeless places actually need other clothing all year round. And certainly when it comes to winter, blankets and coats are always useful too. So I don't want people to think that they're just limited to stuff which is to do with foot health. Um, so anything which can help that population is always good. And these shoes and socks, they don't they have to be new or nearly new, or are they taking them in any condition? Uh, we're, we're looking for ASICs in particular. Um, <laughs> no more than 150 miles in in on-road marathons. No, do you know it's it's really interesting with the running shoes. We we get quite a few donations of of, of the running shoes, and we're not particularly fussed what what style they are, whether they're anti-pronator or cushioning. But because <laughs> most because, yeah, because most most runners will will get rid of them at say 600 miles anyway. But there's still plenty of life in them, and I think Debbie, we. We did at Worcester one, one of the mornings we were there. We actually dished out a pair of ASICs to, uh, to one of the guys we treated. And he had an amazing look on his face that he'd got this marathon-ready pair of, of running shoes to go out with. So, so anything which has been worn, which is in good condition, is, is absolutely fine. Yeah. So there's, there's just no excuse to throw a, shoe, a, pair, a no. pair of shoes away anymore. It's absolutely. To you guys. And how, how, do we get, how do we get them to you guys? What's the easiest? What, what are the options? conferences we have collection points wherever we can um because we're quite spread out we're, we're sort of all over the place so we, we try to offer to pick stuff up when we can so collection points are usually at conferences aren't they yeah yeah, yeah. And courses any any courses we're on too so for example you know, I'm, down london, I'm down in london at the moment so if there's anything which people people need me to take back i can pick them up from the course as long as i've got transport in the car so it's just, you know, it's just checking in with us on the Forgotten Facebook pages and, and just messaging us to see where, whereabouts we are. Yeah. You're in London right You're in London right now, Dave. Yeah, and you didn't okay. call me and ask for a coffee. Yeah, okay, cool. Okay, okay, okay. Can we, can we, not, can we not do this live online now? Okay, we'll, we'll do that afterwards. We'll do that afterwards. It's not about this. This isn't about me. This isn't about me. I get that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so we turn up to conferences, you know, we come to Bournemouth in November, we need to bring everyone, we need to bring out with our running shoes, it's that simple, it's that easy, find you guys, look for the blue t-shirts, look for the stall, have some, here, have some shoes, have some socks, here, I, I, I over-ordered on my last order from Algios, take all this, yep. Just that, is, it, is it that simple? It's that simple, or contact okay. us, um, I'm, I'm in the south, so generally anywhere south, 
of, of London, I, I will come and collect donations as well. So um, I'm, I'm out and about to collect any unwanted clinic goods or, or, or footwear, and I will redistribute it across our clinics in the south. Perfect. And, and, and also, oh, we've lost it. Oh, here we go. Oh, there we go. Uh, Great. Just... Well, we've got we've got two forgotten Facebook pages now. I was going to yeah. say I, I've I've seen a more recent one than that with your logo. This is the group. Uh, this is this is the group. Yeah, this is the group uh, one. I think what we'll do after the uh, episode is we'll we'll. Um, We'll attach a link to your page, your your new page in the in the in the comments, and then people can follow, and then and they can keep up to date with you and where you are and where you're going to be. That's probably one of the. I mean, the the, the groups and pages have been really really useful for for raising awareness, and certainly something I know Debbie we talked about, which we're very conscious of of gathering and sharing. There are a lot of the stories that we get from the people yeah. who treat, because it it's it's a really powerful thing to to be able to gather. The, the good stuff that we do for those people um so we use those sorry a bit message through so we actually use those stories and we put them onto the forgotten feet um groups and pages i think that's a new one isn't it craig the one she's come up yeah, with that's the new yeah. one yep yeah and the website yep and the website all right look at that is deb on that one look at that <laughs> um so on that note you talked about um stories of the people you see i think that's one of the things that would potentially have someone who wanted to help uh, rather than donate wanted to give some time or wanted to help it might leave them a bit reticent is what are they letting themselves in for what sort of stuff are you seeing on, on a, a clinic by clinic basis is, it, is every single one a bit different um, or is that greatly it varies not only is everybody different but the clinics are quite different the, um, different clinics have different um, sorts of people, different facilities. Some you see more men than women, others you might see more women than men. Um, some of them um, are, are sort of neglected and quite dirty. Others are quite, you know, the clinics, people come in there and their feet are quite clean, they're quite health conscious. So it varies tremendously, but we, we see a massive range of stuff. Um, which is brilliant because it really stretches us as clinicians, you know, and you've really got to think on your feet. Mm. And it's about assessing, it is, we sort of take a more holistic approach because you've got a person sat there, you know that they don't have access to um, foot health other than themselves. So you've got to think, well, what's, what's the best thing for this person at this moment? And we see yeah. some pretty bad stuff. And we can't always, you know, we're not the answer to everything, but something's better than nothing. And it also gives us the chance to try and encourage them to go somewhere like A&E or like um, a clinic or to see a GP, you know, and that, that's really, really important. That intervention is really important. And quite often, you know, we succeed, sometimes we don't. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's really, really important. Um, well, it is every story is different for every service user isn't it they've all got an individual story of how they ended up where they are um it is said we're all three steps away from being on the street um yeah and a big part of what we do is listening really listening to them and um pointing in the, in the right direction hopefully if we can 
how much time how much time do you spend with each with each one um i'm guessing you don't run how, how, much, how much do they need yeah it's not a 20 minute nhs 20 minute appointment get out we got a queue it's it's if you need an hour we'll sit here and chat for an hour as long as they it's, need it's what, it's what people it's what people yeah it's exactly what people need and and you know as debbie said we we see everything from ulcerations and and very very poorly kept feet and you know and, and real issues of circulation right the way through to people who actually have probably podiatrically beautiful feet but what they need yeah. is they need someone to actually sit and talk to um mm. and we have some some really interesting conversations and i'm, I'm trying to think we, we have we've got a guy down at worcester lovely guy who is only homeless because he didn't realize he could access some help to stop him being um yeah. losing his home when the landlord sold his sold the property um he's, he's actually he, he's a lovely guy but that that's something completely different to some of the other guys maybe you'll see who've been in prison or or where there's been drugs involved so people just want they want to bend your ear they want to talk to you about stuff while well you know while you're working on their feet and actually it's for me it's a, it's a real privilege to to that somebody will trust you mm. and actually talk to you about the problems they're having and actually they're so they're so honest you know you you ask a question you you get a straight answer there's there's no there's no kind of you know secrecy at all it's it's a really amazing place to be I think that's, that's awesome. the beauty of it, isn't it, as well, is that um, the first time you see somebody, they'll come in and they won't say very much at all. And then over the months that they come back, they reveal more and more. And you find that you've built up a really lovely um, relationship with them. And um, that's a, it's a really humbling and very rewarding experience when that happens. It is. Mm. I think it's as much about compassion as it is podiatry. Yeah. Absolutely. Archery is a great tool for uh, accessing this community and actually making a difference. Yeah. And, and so your clinics, are you uh, once a month or once a week, or is it different? In, it depends on, on supply demand. Or I mean, how regularly can you see these people um, with the ulcerations, for example, or, or, or who just want to chat? It depends it on depends. the volunteers as well, because yeah. obviously there's so many there. It's who, it's how much time someone's prepared to give up to run the sessions. So it might might be every four weeks, it might be every six to eight weeks. It's, and and some, sometimes where you've got um, cl clinics where you've got regulars and it doesn't alter too much, you can do it sort of every eight weeks because those people won't need to be seen any more than every eight weeks. Um, and that, that's more sort of socially isolated or, or people on the poverty line. But where you're actually in homeless centres and you're uh, dealing with rough sleepers, it's a very transient population. So you never know who you're going to see. And you might pick them up in one town. You might then pick them up in another town. Or you may never see them again. Or they may hang around for a few months. So th those ones are worth doing more often because you pick up more people. Um so you you know if we can put those on more then that's beneficial but it you know there's, there's no point putting something on every four weeks if they're the same people that are you know that are there so probably every eight weeks is sufficient for some of them they're also different they're all very different how do they find out there's a clinic on i mean um how do they, how do they, how do they know where to come and at what time it do you, is there we're always going to be on the second Thursday of the month or they, they just get into that routine do they even I mean do they even know when the second Thursday of the month is are they that you know do they wear watches do they keep up on time it, it depends it depends really and depends on the centre and the, certainly the centre of Worcester which is what I spend most of the time at um, 
they're very, very good at advertising it and, and putting names up and making sure that people know we're there. I think we have the posters more, the more we can get volunteers, it, yeah. Yeah, the, the, more, the more we do it, the more we can, we can actually network with the other groups which serve the same population and, and find out what other services are out there too. And I think, Nancy, you're going back to the question you asked about how do you manage somebody with an ulceration every, every set number of weeks? It's really difficult if you're only in the centre every, every six weeks and you have to then liaise with, if you can, and if the, the person's willing to do it with, you know, with, with GP surgeries and practice nurses or even NHS podiatry, a lot won't go, actually won't go to those services. So the more we we're out there, the more we can network with the people. So I don't know what that noise was, Craig. I think you just—is that your dog again? No, the dogs are asleep. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to track it down. Might have been it was a truck driving past your hotel, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope not. We do. We do have um, posters and documents that we can give to our volunteers to help set set up clinics in day centres and that will include posters of when the next session is so word gets out to the service users of when we'll next be there and risk assessment and what to expect um, during treatment so anyone that comes forward as a volunteer we're there to support them with all the documentation. Perfect so I mean in an ideal world should there would there were there enough volunteers is there ever going to be a need for this every day five days a week in Worcester, in Birmingham, in London, in, in, in Liverpool. Is that, is that even necessary? And if so, is that, is that an, another thing we aspire to? Or is it just going to be more about geographical reach on, on, a, on an intermittent basis? What do you think? Where do you think the, 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 the preference is, uh, Debbie? I think if we can set up something, it's, it's happening, if it can happen on a regular basis, people get to know, and we, we obviously put it in places where they go, so they get used to us being there and they know when we're there. It wouldn't be necessary every day, but as long as it's at regular intervals, um, people get used to it and they start to use the service regularly. As, as um, Bell and David said, they sort of, you build up relationships and if Sarah you point that out. And they, uh, they do listen and they do take on board what you say. And so that, you know, if things improve, they will see. Sometimes we get district nurses doing sessions at, at Mags mm. as well. Um, and they will they will take up that uh, chance to go and you know sort out other health issues. Once quite often yeah. they speak to us, they they're, they're coming to podiatry before the other services, and it yeah. then gives us a chance to, if they need it, to sort of push them towards sorting the other problem areas out that they, you know they might have. We get all sorts of people, we, people obviously with drug and alcohol issues. We get women that have been raped on the streets um, by other rough sleepers. You know, we, we, we get sort of young people, sort of 16, 17-year-olds that, that have sort of run out of the care system. And there's, there's all sorts of things, all sorts of things. Lots and lots of mental health issues. And people just want to be valued as people. They want to be heard. And... To be honest, one of the most touching things um, that happened recently was I was in a, at Mags and I went to call. Um, we had a little Chinese guy and I said, Chen, would you like to come in? And he was so touched that I remembered his name. It, he just beamed and he said, that's me. That's my name. I said, yes. And it was like he became a person, not just, you know, a homeless guy. 
it was just a wonderful moment and it is about valuing people and treating everybody as equal and not being judgmental and we, we have some lovely lovely things like that yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of people as well who won't access medical services because of the way they've been treated in the past. And you know, you, you, you use another analogy. You know, the, the 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 parent who brings their child along to a clinic for a Veruca treatment and then tells you the story about how they remember being treated with cryotherapy 40 years before. It's you've got these people who come along to see us who are really reluctant to access services because of the way they've been treated in the past. And if we can change that, if we can give them a nice you know, open, welcome, they come along, we, we treat them with non-judgment, we listen to them, they then feel that they can trust other services as well. And that's, that's immensely valuable. Absolutely. Okay. So Reporting them dignity, yeah. Sorry, just on that, Dave, just, we did have a question earlier on, I, I didn't mention it then, but it was about, what about other health professions? Are, you, are they doing the same sort of thing, getting out on the street? Dentists, physios? They are. Yeah. They absolutely are. Um, with our Oxford um, team, we have a team of um, podiatrists, foot care assistants, occupational therapists and a district nurse who are all working together on a rotor to to go in regularly every four weeks to address the health needs. And we're putting them in touch with each other as well. That's the nice thing that that Forgotten Feet have achieved. And that's really what we want to achieve nationwide to get these teams of health professionals together working Um to address all of their health needs. It'll be, be really interesting, actually, as well. And, and although, you know, Forgotten Fate is, is run by volunteers, it would be really interesting to look at what the actual long-term financial savings are in terms of, you know, getting people's feet to a level where they, they don't ulcerate and they don't have ongoing problems. Because I think that the, the cost savings for, certainly for the NHS, are absolutely massive with that. Um, and they, these services work. We just we just need to get more of them more of them going. Can I? Yeah, I, I I don't believe what I'm about to say, but what's the risk for the NHS if they were to say resource some of this, and they're going to find all these problems that they then have to treat? Do you know that's a that's a really good question. That's a really really good question. I don't have an answer for it. He says shying away to the side of the screen and wishing you hadn't mentioned the NHS. Um, well, no, but you see my point that they, you know, they, yeah. the service like this could be resourced, but then it's going to find all these problems that they suddenly need to resource the treatment for. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think the, the the great the great thing from the way we do it is, you know, certainly as a private practitioner, I have the flexibility over what I do with my diary and. I've made a conscious choice to to do this as does everyone else who volunteers for it, which is which is fantastic. In fact, I remember the conversation that me and Debbie had back at the end of 2014, where you I think you really this was where you started to get it off the ground, Debbie, a bit more. And, and I said to you, I'd love to be involved, but I need to get some other things out of the way first. And then we 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 went from that point forward. But I make a conscious effort to put these dates in my diary and have the choice to do that. And I know not everyone can do that. Um, but I think it's also quite nice in a world where as a private practitioner, I'm, you know, I'm people are paying me for my services to actually have some people who don't pay me for my services and they, they get my, they get my skill and my expertise because I choose to give it to them. And that's a, that's a really nice place to be as well. It's being what human. Sort of, um, mm. Being human. Yeah. Not enough of that around. Is there, what sort of time commitments are, are, are we looking at? Is there a minimum if someone's watching and they think they've watched this and they've thought, you know what, that I'm compelled to get involved here. It, is it up to them? Is there a, is there a suggested minimum? What sort of hours a week are, are you guys giving? I mean, obviously you guys are the, 
Yeah, we, we generally say, just as a general guideline, if you can spare two hours every two months, you could run a clinic. Yep. You know, that's it. It's that simple. It, it's it's yes, really not that much, is it? But no. it's not... And we will support you. I'll come along and help you set up the first clinic. We'll do that. Yeah. So that, no, that's, worth, that's worth it in itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, just, just for that alone, I'd, I'd set up a clinic every day. <laughs> um, so for, for someone to get involved, is, is there any option now to contact you, say, this is where I'm based, I want to set up a clinic, or if they're nervous about that, can they... Can they, rec- can they uh, volunteer at a clinic that already exists. Well, what are their options? Do you know? Do you know? Someone could go out there and, and set up a clinic on their own if they wanted. They could. They could contact a local centre and do it themselves. I think the beauty of Forgotten Feet is that we were already established and we've already got those networks on the go. But you know, the first port of call is always us. Give it. Give us a shout. See what we've got in that area, and if there's nothing in that area we will will help you set things up even down to you know we have donations of instruments which we can then get out to you so you've got instruments separate to your own sort of private practice stuff to use or if you work for the nhs and you've got some time to to donate you then can use those instruments you don't have to go out and buy any of your own so we've got the resources there and i think that's a really valuable thing is that the support the resources um and the experiences there as well yeah perfect there's a lovely comment i just saw um Craig, on, and I've lost it. It's already. Oh, oh. Uh, oh, Thanks, Craig. Nice photo. Um, I just thought I'd show this photo of Dave at work. <laughs> yeah, kids, kids, this is um, this is not a posture which you should ever. <laughs> is that, I presume that's you, Belinda? Is it? Or? No, Sarah. Uh, Sarah. Okay. Hey, Lydia. Oh. Sam Graham. Yeah, he's a lovely man. Lovely man. Yay! <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's an example of what we see. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, 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 can, I, I can recall seeing... That terrifies me, by the way. That foot absolutely terrifies me, by the way. Yeah. I but I, I can recall seeing <laughs> many, many case reports and literature of trench foot and stuff like that and homeless people. You know, it's just something from... It has been seen since World War Two, but yeah, you, you see a lot of research on it. Yeah, um, I saw a photo back there. I think there was there was a two of you side by side, and looking at that photo that horrifies uh, that photo that horrifies me, and I'm thinking about maybe other students that want to get involved in feet that horrify them. Uh, you, you're not working in isolation, is that fair? Or you could be, or is, is it a two chair? Are you always with someone for that kind of support? Uh, it varies on the location. Yeah, there, one, yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah. Yeah, we what call the it workers' pairs. Um, it, it works well. There's quite a bit of um, good banter between, you know, the homeless guys, and they don't mind sharing a room or, you know, that, that we can work in the same space. It, it's good. It, it's got a nice feel to it. Um, mm. I don't think anybody has ever objected to being treated, you know, side by side with somebody else. In fact, in Redditch, I think we've had three of us, haven't we? Yeah. We've had three of us in a line treated. Sometimes we have to do it because otherwise we wouldn't be able to fit everybody in. Um, mm. Last weekend, we, there were actually four of us. Yeah, there were. There were four of us. There were a person handing out the shoes and socks. It yeah. was, yeah, yeah, quite a close space. Sure, the, the con- it's, it's, Yeah, it's quite good. good. It's working pairs for, yeah. for safety, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think yeah, I think the Ian the comment you might have been referring to is the one by Damien Damien Murray, in which he said, "It was absolutely." Yeah, yeah. I, I, this is what he said: "I really believe that any, if anything is going to promote podiatry to the public, then forgotten feet is." It's a lovely comment, that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Thanks, Damien. Um, oh, Matt. Craig. Mm. Oh. 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 oh, oh, oh. Matt, it's one of the things that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to do it at university as well as we're trying oh, to get involved and um, start them off volunteering, donating, fundraising and having an awareness that when they graduate they can actually put something into society apart from their you know, professional services they're actually doing something that makes them feel good as well so, um, yeah I think it's lovely. I think it's a lovely idea. It is. There's a lot of student interest. We've, we've got yeah. um, a student coming down from Huddersfield on the 14th of August just to, you know, to be at Mags to see what it's like. And he's so keen, so interested. And this is a general, you know, we find with students, they, they're really keen to get involved. And if you can't get involved from a volunteer point of view, there's many ways that you can help with fundraising events. You can be sponsored to jump out of aeroplanes, eh, Lydia? With or without a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> or even just have a collection tin in your clinic, you know, for small change. Um, there's lots of ways that everybody everybody can help to, to raise awareness. For, um, I, I wonder whether they're really sponsored leg wax. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't require much wax. I'm not. I'm not a hairy man. There's, there must be well, a better way. There must be a better way to raise money. Can we find something, mate. Don't. don't <laughs> Fine. Just go with it. Um, Craig, did you want to dive into Facebook? Because I've seen a few questions popping up as we go along. But I've yeah, they have. I, I think uh, there was. Uh, hang on. I've, there was. Uh, well, here's the, probably the most important comment from Robert. I'd sponsor Griff to do a nails and callus clinic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd do I it. That. Um, Maybe come um, on callus, but I can't do too much damage with nails. Yeah, but, but Robert's, Robert's has also said, are these not just a collection of generally amazing and wonderful people? Gives you hope for humanity, doesn't it? Uh, Rob's got the fuzzies by the sound of it. <laughs> he has. Has he been drinking? Yeah, he it has. must have been I think everyone in podiatry is pretty pretty amazing, but that's that's a bias I have. But but anyone can get involved with this. There's there's, there's no this is you know, there's a very low barrier to entry and there's a very low you know, very low barrier to success with this. You, you just have to get involved. Yeah. Um I've got a question from Matt though. Are there any treatments that you just can't do because of the risk of not seeing them back? I'd, pro- I'd probably, I'd probably say the answer is no to that one because you, you, you treat what's in front of you. Yeah. You know, if there's, if there's an ulcer, you, you do, you manage it, you, you, you stabilize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you signpost them and refer them to the drop-in GP A and E if possible. We, we, we were at um, a clinic in Redditch, weren't we, Debbie? Where um, a really nice chap needed taking to A and E there and then, and he was. Um, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone, um, anyone done any nail, nail surgery? No. No. <laughs> no. no. We, no, did, no we did actually, 
we did we did diagnose a um, an ankle fracture though in in one of our clinics in Worcester using the Ottawa ankle rules, which I know will excite you beyond belief, Griff. We we looked at this guy and said you need to go back and get an X-ray. And we saw him we saw him six <laughs> weeks later. He was in a cast. So you know, it, any any of the skills which you have as a podiatrist can be utilised in those clinics, and we yeah. we get. It's amazing what you can do as well with some some donated insoles and some terminal semi compressed belts and antifungals. At the moment in Worcester, who we we're, mm-hmm. we're managing some particularly heavy fifth MTBJ callus using that very method. So it's you can do all kinds of stuff there. It's great. Yeah, just just on that, Dave. I just I don't know whether you guys have seen this. This was a, a, a pretty good systematic review in, in quite a prestigious journal. But I was just scrolling through it before. Um, and it just struck me that, oh, look, I can't find it quickly, but it was a comment about the number of undiagnosed cases of diabetes they found. Mm, yeah. Um, which I thought was quite interesting. You know, there's, there's more than just their foot going on and, and, and stuff like that's quite important. Yeah. Actually, I'll link, I'll link to that. A uh, link- whole host of autoimmune disorders as well. Psoriasis is very, very, um, very common. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll post a link to that article in the comments. Mm-hmm. Are they um, are, are the homeless quite good historians? When you talk to them, they, you say they love telling their story about how they became. I mean, when, when I say historian, I mean you know we often want to ask about medical history and, and general health and what medication they're on. I mean, uh, how does that discussion often go? It depends on the individual. Depends on the individual. Sometimes Absolutely. it's very detailed. Sometimes sometimes they'll yeah. barely give you the name and the date yeah. of birth. But you, one of the clinics I was in, I had a, a physicist who turned up who gave me his exact medical history detail of medication he was on very well spoken and he he literally was on the streets uh, a rough sleeper because his um business went down the pan because his marriage fell apart and he fell behind on his mortgage payments and that was it he was on the street so he you you cannot um tar everyone with the same brush that are rough sleepers they've all got their own story um there's an awful lot of mental health issues there but it is interesting to 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 speak to each one and listen to them i think the parallels the parallels for me of of doing the clinic at mags and doing the clinic i've I've done before over at stratford is it's very reminiscent of when i worked in a and e that literally whatever comes through the door you have to provide some form of treatment and they either give you information or they don't and i know that yeah, there's lots of talk about the moment about GDPR and consent. And in a, in a private clinic, you would insist on having all of these things in front of you before you treated someone. When you've got someone in a homeless situation who needs your care and isn't going to give you that information, you literally just have to treat what's in front of you and, and do the best you can with the equipment you've got and the person in front of you and hope that they will they'll value it enough and they'll trust you enough and they will come back and see you and that, that trust can grow over time. Yeah, and so some of those people, Dave, some of the some of the worst people are the slowest to come forward, and they're often the, the slowest to come forward because they don't they don't like authority, so they they shy away from clinic settings. But they do filter in um, once word gets out. So the last thing we want to do is interrogate them, and yeah. you know they don't want that. They won't respond to that. So we we just you know we we encourage them to talk about themselves. We don't pry but you know just show an interest and some information comes out but you know with regards to medical history they're not always honest so we have to treat everybody as high risk yeah absolutely um, 
and, and just take it from there. But it is a very much a case of doing whatever you can with whatever you've got on the day and just do your best. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's a really refreshing way to work, actually, as well. It's it's yeah. a, really, a really nice environment to be in because you you just you just react to whatever's there. It's yeah, it's it's, it's a really different place yeah. to be. Yeah, Craig, was there anything else pressing on Facebook that? You yeah, like, no, I, I've I'm been quite seriously thinking about Robert's challenge to you, Ian. Um, <laughs> no, 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 how much money do you guys need? Why don't we set up a GoFundMe page? Oh, Jesus. To, to sponsor Ian to actually... <laughs> <laughs> actually we try, what, what's the, the number we're pushing for at the moment, Debbie? Is it, is it 20,000? We, we've got the 5,000. We're, we're building up towards 20 so we can get our wagon. So I think a GoFundMe page for about 14,000. Yeah, well, let's give it a go. I'm sure we can get everyone I... to commit. Let's give it a go. Would you, would you do it, Ian, if we can get some money? Oh, <laughs> no pressure. I, we'll, we'll, tra- we'll, train you, we'll train you first for confidence, mate. Are you, are you asking me... Are you asking me if I would do a, a, a clinic, <laughs> routine clinic, if you raised fourteen thousand pounds? Is that the question? Well, maybe maybe not quite that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say because no one's. I'm not going to even. I'm not going to say no. So of course, I would do that. Of course. No, no. I'm I'm, I'm serious here, and I, I think we let me get on. I, to I can sense you're serious. Yeah, I picked up. Oh, that. I mean, that's no, so Get on to Robert. If we set up a GoFundMe page, let's see how much money we can raise that would get you to go and do one of these clinics. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. The the point the pointy end is the bit which goes towards the patient. In case you're not sure. Um, right. And the the sharp end of the scalpel is the bit you use on the patient too. I'll get one of the students there to show me. I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm sure I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, is there before we wrap up because we're at about fifty three minutes and Craig, you've seen these before Craig gets twitchier out of this time. He doesn't like these things to go more than an hour. Is there anything, have we covered it? People may be watching that this is their first experience or exposure to, to Forgotten Feet in depth. Is there anything we haven't talked about that, that, you want, that you'd want to quickly talk about? Is there anything else you want to say that, that you don't think we've covered that, that just really gives people the, the sense of what this is all about? Debbie, I'll look at you. I, I, you're, the, you're the big boss. We're very, you know, we're very privileged and we have the gift of giving and to be able to give something is really a gift and you know and if you can make somebody feel better about themselves um or just alter their way of thinking and they become a bit more positive most people leave they've got a smile on their face especially when they're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you Craig's just laughed at that, or was he laughing? No, 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 I've just laughed at something else. Robert's come up, come back with a better offer. He, he wants to sponsor Ian to do a homeopathy course. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I draw the line there. Caropathy, fine, but... not looking for is donations of tea tree. don't want any tea tree. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know how I do these things. Uh, so, yes, uh, Dave, Dave, Bell, um, Debbie, Sarah, Lydia, it's, it's been, a, been a privilege, really, because I've, I've, I've seen what you guys are about, or at least I thought I did, but I've definitely learned stuff about you tonight that I didn't know. And hopefully, hopefully other people watching have. Hopefully, I mean, you guys have already got an incredi- incredible amount of momentum behind you anyway. You certainly didn't need us to, to help toward that. But hopefully we can. Hopefully the, the audience can sort of um, get involved in some way, shape or form. Craig, did you put up the links of the Facebook page? Yeah, the, I put the Facebook you know, page, the Facebook group, the web, the website. Um, so all the contact information's there. So you know, so great. So that's good. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, yeah, so, I mean, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank no, you. Th thanks yeah. very much, guys. It's been a, a quick, quick, good thank fun you. hour. Thank you.